Welcome to the 26th episode of the Data Democratization Podcast. I'm Alexandra Ebert, your host and Mostly AI's Chief Trust Officer. Today, I have a fellow Mostly on the show. It's no one less than our Chief Executive Officer, Toby Hahn. In his life before Mostly AI, Toby was already a serial entrepreneur who co-founded and also scaled numerous companies. And besides his thorough understanding of the business and also startup world, he's a self-professed data nerd with a deep interest in machine learning and number crunching for actionable insights. In today's episode, we will talk about the future of synthetic data technology, how the market is evolving, and of course, also about mostly AI's recent $25 million Series B investment and which exciting new steps are now ahead of the company. So without further ado, let's meet Toby. Welcome, Toby. It's such an honor to have you as our CEO here as a guest on the Data Democratization Podcast. And today I want to discuss uh, the role of synthetic data, the vision of synthetic data, both uh, from, from mostly AI's point of view, but also what you see on the market. And of course, the big news everybody has seen, our Series B investment and also your advice on uh, finding the right investor. But before we discuss all of these topics, could you briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? How did you become the CEO of Mostly AI? What's your journey and maybe also what motivates you to do the work you do? Hi, Alexandra. Great to be here on, on the podcast and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Toby. I'm the CEO of Mostly AI. Um, I um, have a background in, in business. I studied business in, in Austria uh, and in the US. Um, I worked in management consulting. I worked in, in different startups and different roles. Um, what was always part of my journey and, and what I'm really excited about is seeing um, companies grow and, and develop and scale. And I, uh, I got to know um, the founders of Mostly AI pretty, pretty, pretty soon after they started the company. Uh, and um, we, we started discussions and, you know, I, I ended up actually joining. I ended up joining in 2019 as the chief operating officer. Um, you know, you were there, we were around 10 people or so, right? And, I can uh, remember, yes. It was, it was early days. Um, and yeah, um, I then took on the CEO role in, in 2020. Um, and um, it has been a great journey so far. And um, obviously, lots of uh, exciting things uh, ahead. So it's great, great to be at Mostly. I can only agree to that. Definitely uh, has, has been a great start back then in the tiny office and now to see how the company is evolved and what's happening in the market. Uh, definitely uh, something I'm super uh, excited and, and pumped about. Maybe let's talk about the funding round. I already uh, mentioned it earlier. Mostly I just a few weeks ago has announced our Series B funding round where we got a $25 million investment, which is the biggest investment round for synthetic data for European companies so far. So maybe for those who are not yet that aware of synthetic data and its role it's, it, it has in the market, why is there such a hype around this technology? Yeah, um, no, you're right. I mean, we're super excited with, with our um, Series B and, and, and very grateful for, for all the support that we got from our existing investors and, and the new investors. Um, it's a it's an exciting space to be in. Synthetic data is, um, as a category, it's, it's a newly um, uh, creating or a new shaping category. Um, there's a lot of um, buzz and hype around it. Why? Because, well, it has really the, the, the fundamental possibility to change how companies work with data, 
going forward. And you know, our strong belief is that in the future, every data, uh, every company of a certain size will uh, employ and use synthetic data in their data stack. And um, this is, I think, um, recognized more and more throughout the industry um, and with you know the companies that we speak. You know, they're more and more looking at synthetic data, but of course, also in in the um, in the investment space because it is and it really will be a, a global category that's that's um, starting to evolve here, and that's of course will be a big business opportunity. I can only agree. When you talk about synthetic data as its own category, I'm just thinking about some out there who see synthetic data in the category of privacy enhancing technologies or emerging privacy enhancing technologies. Do you agree with this categorization or do you see that there's something beyond privacy when it comes to synthetic data? When we started the company, you know, obviously um, privacy was at the forefront of, of the, the idea, right? Creating synthetic data, um, kind of like a data copy of existing data that is fully anonymous, that is privacy preserving. And that, of course, um, is still one of the major benefits of synthetic data. However, what we've also seen over the past couple of years is that um, The, the, the power of, of synthetic data and the value that you can get from synthetic data actually goes beyond that. And so, you know, in the past, we said that synthetic data is as good as real data. Now we're saying that synthetic data is actually better than real data. And what do I mean by that? Um, synthetic data, the way we understand it, you know, it, it's generated with machine learning algorithms. Um, and it's, it's, it can, can be very complex, very representative of, of certain input data. But um, since it's created artificially with, with mathematical and statistical models, it can actually be shaped and modified during the synthesization mm -hmm. process. And you can create a synthetic data that not only represents existing data sets, but that represents entirely new worlds. Um, and that allows you to, for example, correct for biases, um, create fair synthetic data, or create much more data when you only had a limited number of, of, of data points, Or, for example, um, augment data and fill gaps in data. And so, you know, Garten is predicting that um, in the next year, the majority of data that will go into machine learning models will actually be synthetic data because it's just the more flexible, the more relevant data that can really help organizations to speed up um, many of their initiatives with data, for example, um, um, AI, machine learning, but also testing uh, as an example. Definitely. And this is also part of the reason why we are so convinced that synthetic data will play a significant role now with everything in regards to responsible AI, ethical AI, but also, as you mentioned, out this imagination part and being able to tweak and change data where so many companies just in the last few years with the pandemic experienced the issues if the environment is suddenly changing and all the historic data you have does not accurately reflect these changes. So lots of potential ahead for the synthetic data category to say so. Uh, one other one other question I have for you. Um, as a startup and as a scale-up, finding investors, of course, is part of the game, but it's always also a strategic decision. So while the majority of our listeners are from enterprise organizations, for all these startup CEOs out there, what's your advice on finding the right investor? What do you have to consider? Great question. And, um, you know, there's there's um, a lot of capital out there in the market right now. And, and, and a lot of VCs have raised lots of money that they're looking to deploy. And there are also great opportunities out there, right? There are many, many really, really cool startups and scale-ups out there. And so my advice would be um, think about 
who is an investor that gets your business uh, and the challenges that come with your business? So, of course, you know, if you're a, a B2B company like us, if you're an enterprise software, that's a very different kind of business um, than being a B2C mobile app, for example. Right. And so clearly, you know, it makes sense to um, engage with investors that understand what you're doing, um, that have seen you know, the, the challenges that companies in that space have or in similar spaces have that have portfolio companies in, in, in that space um, and then find someone that, you know, truly gets what you're doing and also, and I think that's really, really important, believes in, in, in your vision, believes in what you're actually trying to achieve. And I, I can say that, you know, we were very lucky that with, with all our financing rounds so far, we were always able to find those kind of investors and uh, have supporters that, you know, really sh share this long-term vision that we have for synthetic data. Sure, that the future is going to be synthetic. So maybe to dig deeper here, if you say, okay, it's important that the investors get the business context you're operating in, why is that important? So what role does an investor play or can play in the success of a startup or scale-up? You know, money obviously is, is, is one part, right? Um, that's that's kind of like the, the common denominator, denominator that you would get um, from investors. But um, when you work with an investor um, in, in a startup and also um, especially if you're the CEO, um, you interact with your investors on you know almost almost a daily basis, maybe sometimes weekly basis. It's it's a very um, close interaction. And um, what's really important is that first of all, um, you know you 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 enjoy working with with, with your investors. We enjoy working with the people uh, on their teams, um, but they can also you know, support you uh, and support you with many different topics uh, that goes well beyond the money, right? It can be, for example, recruiting, um, helping with introductions to um, certain service companies like executive search firms, helping with introduction, introductions to portfolio companies. Um, you know, it's always really valuable, I think, to um, have conversations with, with other CEOs and, and other scale-ups that, you know, maybe a little bit earlier or a little later in, in the process, but there's so much learning from that. And so, um, yeah, you really want an investor that um, not only gets your business, but that is also like a, a, a true sparing partner and, and, and helps you on your journey. That makes sense. You just mentioned that it's valuable for you to also interact and engage with other uh, CEOs of, of startups and scale-ups. What are the different domains where you f uh, find the opportunity to take inspiration and learnings from? So is it super uh, narrow with the privacy-enhancing technologies and data science-focused services? Or have you experienced that also areas that are a little bit further away from our core business have had helpful insights and learnings for you? I think there's there's something to learn from 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 really everyone and and, and all the different startups and scale-ups out there of course you know when, when when i have conversations with others that are also in a b2b software enterprise kind of um uh, domain there's a lot of overlap right and a lot of topics that we can we can talk about but even you know if i if i talk to a um i don't know um b2c crypto startup um i've had great conversations because um for example what, what really also is a common theme um is is um is people and the team and then how do you scale the team how do you attract talent all those kind of things and that's a very common topic right and so i think um there's benefit um, in, in having those conversations and it can be very broadly with different industries uh and, and different uh, themes that those companies are working with, uh, for i can only agree and i think this is also so nice to see that you really uh, are one of these learning ceos you brought so many experiences to to mostly i when you joined the company but you're definitely also a role model for everybody when it comes to keep constantly learning getting new insights and better understanding how we can improve the different 
um, areas we are interacting in and challenges we have to figure out as, as a startup. So that's really something I find super positive. Um, another question that you potentially are already tired of asking, uh, of getting asked and already have been asked quite a few times in the last few weeks, but what's the plan for the investment? How do you plan to use it for mostly AI and what are the big next steps ahead? You know, one, one thing clearly is growing the team. Um, you know, we already have um, a fantastic team of, of close to 40 people, but we also see the limitations and, you know, there's so much more we, we, we can do and will do, uh, and we need to bring on um, the right people for that. So we'll, we'll scale the team across the board, right? Um, we're hiring across the board, um, more on the technical side of things in the engineering data science space, but also, uh, and then most certainly also on the um, sales and operational side of the business. Um, we're also going to um, really put a focus on the U.S. market opportunity. Um, you know, there's um, it's, it's a huge market. Um, companies are really, really um, eager to work and innovate with data. Uh, we know this from our conversations. We know this from our, we know this from our, from our um, initial clients that we have there. And so for us, it's going to be a focus. Um, yeah, that's that's basically the, the two main things, right? People, U.S., uh, and then we'll invest in the product. Um, you know, we have many, many um, uh, great ideas uh, and, and, and topics that we want to address, um, needs that we see out there with, with that can be um, served with our synthetic data platform. So we'll heavily invest in the product too. Exciting times ahead. And I think for everybody listening, I think Toby just said it, no matter in which area you're in, if you're uh, inclined by our vision and mission to make the future fairer and, and smarter and help people people to really work differently and more ethically and more privacy friendly with data, then it's quite likely that we potentially have a job ad out there that you should take a look at, but just a little bit of uh, advertising here for us on the side. Um, when we talk about the business value of synthetic data, what are the elements that stand out for you the most? Um, you know, synthetic data brings a, um, really a, a wide range of, of benefits to organizations. Um, and I think it's sometimes even more the challenge to like say, okay, what's the, the one big one? Um, you know, first of all, you know, with, with, with privacy comes um, the, you know, the security and, and kind of like um, potentially avoiding um, fines, GDPR fines and things like this, right? So in that sense, a little bit of like an, like an insurance um, almost. Then of course, um, with much more automated processes um, when, when synthetic data is generated, um, you know, it's, it's so much faster and, and less um, labor intense. Um, you know, you, you can free up resources, you can you can save time and cost. Um, so it, it is something that helps you on that side as well. And then thirdly, and I think that's the part that I'm most excited about is it really is um, an enabler for innovation because um, Synthetic data allows you to unlock data assets that really in the past you were just not able to work with, exactly. uh, and both internally and externally, right? And so that's really the exciting part about synthetic data, I think, because it will just allow, um, in general, so much more um, to, to leverage data sets um, to, to, to help with da data democratization. Um, and, you know, that will really bring fundamental new innovation to many, many companies and organizations. Definitely. This always brings to my mind the story one of our clients from the banking sector once shared when they first started out with synthetic data. They, as you just mentioned, had access to a granularity of data they weren't used to before. And they found in that case, since it was a bank, some patterns in financial transactions and income streams where they were like, well, 
there must be a bug in there. Nobody would have income like that or income streams, different income streams like that. And nobody would spend this money like that. And we were like, quite likely it's not a bug. Please check back. And then they, they went through the whole process to evaluate the real data. And indeed, it was the case that the customers had behaviors they weren't even aware of and couldn't think of. So now with synthetic data, the level of customer understanding has deepened so much, which of course translates to a whole new level of customer centricity. And I think this is one of the very big advantages synthetic data will, will bring to, to more and more businesses in the future. Absolutely, and I think it's a great example of you know internal um, data access and and, and you know um, internal um, democratizing data access. But you think about it like you know op opening up also towards external partners, you know like startups, um, universities, research partners, and those kind of things. Great things are really uh, bound to happen when 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 that takes place. And then we, it's only really the beginning that we see currently. Definitely, I think you would then are way beyond the business value and come into the value for the research community and also society in large. If you think of all the valuable data resources we have out there, but of course, due to privacy reasons, can't be openly shared. Synthetic data is just the right tool to, as you said, open up uh, access to data. And therefore, I see huge promise and potential to help our society find new solutions for cancer, Alzheimer's, and many other diseases. Just thinking of a conversation here I had a few years ago with an Alzheimer's researcher who said, well, the problem we have with Alzheimer's is not the funding or not the knowledge, but it's really the data access because this uh, disease comes into existence decades before you experience the first symptoms, but nobody gives out the data due to privacy concerns. So I really have huge hopes for synthetic data to not only transform how businesses interact with data, but also how we as a society can benefit from it. Absolutely. And I think that's 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 also one of the the beauty of, of working in this space is I mean what we're doing is really um, fundamentally having a positive impact, a positive impact on how uh, data is handled and, and, and how it's how it's being worked with data in general, um, but also the, the the potential outcomes of this, right? And so research projects that you that you mentioned, um, I see great potential for that. We recently uh, concluded a research project on the European level uh, with cancer um, data, um, and it, you know it's, it's great to see how synthetic data can really help here, um, making it easier for for parties to access or getting access to to health health data. And um, you know we we have those conversations on on, on many levels, and, and um, it's um, there's so much potential as you think about um, Corona and and, and COVID data. Um, I think it's sometimes. Just a little um, uh, unfortunate that, that things take time, right? It, mm. it is such a new new technology, such a new category, uh, and especially in, in the public space, in the healthcare space, it's very sensitive data. So it, it still takes some convincing, it takes some time, but we see in the future great potential in that space, for sure. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And I think it's also synthetic data is a strategic topic. And when I think of our clients, those were really the senior levels and C-levels uh, think about synthetic data and the impact it can have on an organization. There are much further down their synthetic data journey. And it's just stunning to see the different projects they're working on. Maybe if we talk about uh, the business side again and the use cases, we all know there are plenty of use cases that can be realized with synthetic data. But do you have like one or two favorite business cases, use cases that you can think of and share with our listeners? Yeah, I think um, uh, you, you mentioned one um, in, in the space of product development, um, having access to granular data that really allows an organization to um, fine tune their products uh, and you know develop new 
machine learning algorithms. Um, I think that's that's a, a big one, um, and where we think that also when you when you open up those data assets to a broader audience within an organization, um, great things are bound to happen. And I think the second one that we see also an in, in increasing interest is software application testing. Mm-hmm. So um, if you think about um, a lot of companies are these days moving to the cloud or imp- implementing new IT systems, migrating systems, replacing old systems, um, developing software. You know, almost every company to, 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 to some extent is also developing software. So um, for, for all of that, you need data. You need data to test those, those kind of things. Um, and in the past, organizations would often use actual production data, but um, I think it's now clearly understood that you know, that's not the, the way to do it. Um, and so there's great potential there, right? So really having representative data that, that can you know, be a drop-in replacement for actual production data in testing environment uh, environments, we, we see great potential for that. And I'm, I'm excited for that use case. Me as well. Uh- Maybe another question, we have world-class researchers, especially in the field of data science as part of our team. And of course, they focus a lot on the aspects of deep learning and how to tweak things in regards to synthetic data here. And then, of course, privacy is a huge topic. But what else is keeping our researchers busy at the moment? Yeah, you know, um, there, there are a lot of topics that we're busy with and some are smaller and then some are larger. But I think one area that's of particular interest and where we see also see a lot of potential is, is fairness and, and biases in data. Because, you know, most often data, existing data out there has biases and is to, to an extent unfair. Um, and what you can do with synthetic data is you can actually correct for these biases. You can create fair synthetic data. And it's quite a complex topic. Um, there are you know, different concepts for fairness. It's not easy to define what is actually fair. Uh, and so our, our team uh, is currently spending um, quite some time on, on those kind of uh, topics. Yeah, that's also an area I'm personally super passionate about. And I'm also happy to see in my day-to-day business, I speak quite a lot with regulators and they are also really pumped about this idea of being in a position where you don't only have to repeat historic mistakes or, or biases in that case, but really can have a kind of normative impact on, on our future, which more and more will also be influenced by machine learning. And therefore, they find it super valuable to be in a position where you can impose human values and adjust some past mistakes on data and have something that's fairer according to your current understanding. So I think in the future, this is definitely also being something uh, that's, that will be widely used and I can't wait to see what what we as a company can contribute here. As a last question for you, uh, of course, as a startup, the long-term vision is something that's sometimes harder to answer as a company that has been around for decades maybe. But how do you see synthetic data as a technology evolve? What's your long-term vision for synthetic data and, of course, also for mostly AI? Yeah, no, um, as I mentioned before, you know, our strong belief is that um, in the near future, every organization, every company of a certain size will use synthetic data in their data stack. And they will use it for several reasons. Um, you know, when, when we started the company and, and our initial focus was certainly around privacy uh, and creating um, one-to-one copies of existing data sets that were fully private uh, and fully anonymous. And that's going to be, you know, still um, a big driver for, for the uptake of synthetic data. We already touched upon fairness uh, and, and modifying data, uh, existing data sets to not only create one-to-one copies of data, but modified data. That's another big area. And I think the long-term vision really is for synthetic data to evolve 
beyond that, um, evolve into something where you create entirely new data worlds of data that you didn't have before, right? Um, it's something, you know, it is machine learning generated synthetic uh, data, um, which means it's more flexible. You can, you can um, create worlds that weren't there before. And we think that it will not only enable uh, or accelerate the adoption of AI, uh, but it will also help with the whole aspect around explainability of AI. Because, you know, often with AI, these days we have the, 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 the problem or the challenge that it's somehow like a, a black box and it's mm -hmm. difficult to explain. And in order to explain AI models, we believe that you need data. You need to have data to do benchmarks and A-B tests and so forth. Uh, and that's going to be synthetic data. So um, everything around AI, uh, explainable AI, trustworthy AI, that's also a big long-term vision that we see for synthetic data. Agreed. And I think this is also already now something that regulators are interested to learn more about because also in the context of ensuring fairness of a system, you can't only assess the code. You need to have data to see how would it treat certain individuals compared to others. And we all know historic data sometimes doesn't have this richness and diversity. And by having your human imagination to create examples that could happen but potentially weren't seen by the algorithm, this is also something that could help a regulator or even a company to better understand, is my model truly fair or do I have some hidden biases that I'm not even yet aware of? So plenty of applications for synthetic data to better understand machine learning and foster explainability as well. But Toby, thank you so much for everything you shared. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. And I'm already looking forward to our, one of our next episodes, maybe in a few weeks or months time. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me and great job, Alexander. Thanks for hosting this podcast. Sure, it's a pleasure. I don't know about you, but I personally can't wait for the future of synthetic data to arrive. In particular in regards to data democratization and open synthetic data for medical research and the betterment of society. But what is your point of view on synthetic data? What were your takeaways from the conversation with Toby and what do you envision for the future of synthetic data? That's something the Data Democratization Podcast team and I are super curious to hear. So let us know your thoughts by commenting on LinkedIn or writing us an email to podcast at mostly.ai. Until then, see you next time.